Hello and welcome to The Drop, the official podcast of the 130th Airlift Wing. I'm Senior Master Sergeant Eugene Christ from your 130th Public Affairs. The Air National Guard Aeromedical Evacuation Squadron is a unique and significant part of our nation's medical mobility resource. Its mission is to provide time-sensitive, mission-critical, en-route care to patients to and between medical treatment facilities. The Air National Guard has nine AE squadrons, and the Air Force Reserve Command has 18 AE squadrons. Combined with ground medical units, the Air National Guard and Reserve account for 70% of the AE forces supporting the AE system. Today, four airmen assigned to the 167th Air Medical Evacuation Squadron are with us on the pod. Two of the newest members and two veteran medical professionals. Joining me now are Airman First Class Christian Hughes, a flight medic, and Captain Jordan Gardo, a flight nurse. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, Captain Gardo, can you uh, talk a little bit about why you chose the AES career field? Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I was uh, prior uh, Army enlisted. Uh, I was in the Army National Guard in the um, uh, dust-off unit in Parkersburg for 12, 12 years. Um, and then I got my nursing degree and was kind of, I was kind of trying to figure out what to do next, um, you know, for my career. I knew I had been in that long. You know, I definitely want to at least go to my twenty. You know, um, and I didn't really want to do nursing in the army side of things. It didn't really seem to appeal to me. Um, and I had a friend that ref- that um, knew about what was going on over here at AE. Um, she kind of told me about some of the opportunities, um, and it sounded like a like a pretty good gig. Um, I'd get to commission. Um, they were uh, offering a uh, incentive bonus at the particular time, um, and it uh, sounded like a good opportunity to, you know, get uh, some traveling done and um, just further. I obviously, also get to commission um, and just further my career. So that's what, yeah, I decided to make the jump. Aaron Hughes, how about you? Yeah. So uh, when I originally enlisted, I um, went to the recruiter, of course, and. Just got a list of basically all the jobs that were in high demand. Um, so I knew I wanted something medical, and I kind of narrowed that list down to all the medical jobs that were there. And um, being a flight medic was the one that really appealed to me um, for travel and um, kind of the idea of bringing, I don't know, our injured troops back home you know, from the battlefield. So, yeah. That's awesome. Captain, can you talk about your military educational benefits that you've utilized as part of your military service? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I, when I went through nursing school, I was uh, on the Army side of the house. Um, but uh, a lot of those benefits, just because it's you know West Virginia National Guard, it's uh, you know it's still the same. Um, but uh, I used um, originally state tuition assistance, uh, you know, which paid you know one hundred percent of uh, tuition. Excuse me. And then uh, I also used um, uh, Montgomery GI Bill. Uh, and then after I got more active duty time with deployments, I was using post 9-11 GI Bill. Um, but uh, so GI Bill paid for you know a, a, a ton of my schooling. Um, and uh, I'm now in uh, school to become a nurse anesthetist. And um, I used uh, the, just the last of my GI Bill. I just used uh, – uh, 
the remainder that I had for the last, uh, my last semester. Well, my first semester, but last semester. Yeah. Aaron so. Hughes, how about you? Yeah, about the same. So, um, mainly just been using that, uh, state tuition assistance that I got, you know, for, uh, hitting this, uh, critical man job. Um, but yeah. And, uh, get that GI bill a little bit too. So that's money in the pocket. It's, it doesn't so it, go straight to the school. So either of you, have you, uh, your AE training helped you in your civilian careers? So mine was, my, mine's a little bit backwards. Um, I, cause I already had my civilian career established and then came here. So it's, it's more like my civilian career prepared me for, for this more so than, than the other way around. Of course, there's knowledge that you learn here too that you can transfer over. But uh, the bulk of my experience has been kind of the other way around. But of course, there's there's tons there's still tons to learn, you know, as far as uh, you know, flight physiology. Yeah, because you're 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 used to taking care of patients, but you're not used to taking care of patients at altitude in a plane with you know stresses of uh, of flight. Uh, so there's 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 tons to learn. But definitely felt prepared coming here by my civilian experience. Here we use. Uh, yeah, so um, I think, um, so I'm still currently in school, so, um, but I think the patient care aspect of that, you know, that hands-on care, direct, you know, direct with the patient there um, is definitely getting, um, definitely gaining experience in that for uh, my future career, you know, um, but. I, th- I think yeah. that's a, a uh, I think that's, it's kind of a, a little bit of like a reversed situation between the nurses and the and the techs and the officers and enlisted because we have to have our experience coming in and then it seems like they get a lot of their experience here and then progress more in their in their civilian career interesting yeah so um as you two are some of the newest members of the air medical evacuation squadron what are some of the things you're looking forward to and that you know as, as your career progresses we go first. <laughs> um, let's see. Some things I'm looking forward to. Um, being in school right now, I'm uh, kind of locked down, uh, so it's it's tough to take advantage of the uh, travel opportunities. Um, you know, the, and the the you know cross training and stuff. You know, some people just went down to Key West. There's a Peru trip coming up. Um, so I'll definitely be looking forward to eventually getting to take advantage of some of those. Yeah, travel opportunities for me because um, even just traveling, you know, to the West Coast, never been to the West Coast before. Um, so that's a cool thing that uh, this job gives you. Um, so definitely looking forward to traveling more. So what would you tell other medical professionals that may be listening to this? Like, what w- what would you say to them as far as, like, to encourage them to, to join the AE um, squadron or to look into the career field? Sir, you want to go first? I would say, <clears throat> I would say that there is as you will get out of it as much as you put into it. Um, if if you want to get a lot out of it, then the opportunity is totally there. If 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 you if you don't, then you know you can just kind of you can just kind of skate by. But you know why would you want to want to do that necessarily? Um, and be patient because. The, the process to come in and and get trained up and get dates for schooling you know it is it is it is long um and 
and time-consuming, um, confusing at times, but um, it uh, it seems like it can definitely definitely pay off if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know of other I don't know of other careers, honestly, in the military. I've been in for you know almost almost seventeen years now, and I don't know of other careers in the military that um, allow these kind of opportunities. Um, financial incentives, uh, you know, fr- freedom as well. Um, and just, you know, it, it, I guess just experiences in general, you know, and also, you know, we, we talk about the travel and stuff, but it can be, it can be rewarding to, you know, it, actually doing your job and taking care of patients and, you know. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. So I think, um, the flight aspect of it, um, especially, you know, a lot of people can, you know, not knocking, you know, just ground nurses or medics, but the flight opportunities, I think, is is something that uh, is really intriguing to a lot of people, especially for me, because um, it's not a, it's not a thing that a lot of people get to do, you know. So that's that was a big one for me personally. I forget what percentage it is, but I, somebody told told me one time what percentage of the Air Force actually flies, and it's super low like you wouldn't really think that you know people think air force and they're like oh you fly oh yeah we're all pilots right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh captain can you talk a little bit about the pipeline that you went through to become uh i assume you're fully qualified or you're on your on the road to become a fully fied qualified nurse you sure you want me to talk about that <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> <coughs> okay um so i came in uh december of uh 2019 and we all know what happened right after that. Sure. Uh, in 2020, that was uh, that was COVID times. So stories that I hear are uh, prior to, to those times, it, it wasn't uncommon to just get all of your school dates all in a row, clean. You go, you, you start here, you end here five and a half, six months later, you know, maybe. Um, and then you come to the unit, you're pretty much ready to go. That was not the experience for me, unfortunately, mostly because of COVID. And at the time, they were doing an aircraft changeover where we were going from H models to J model C-130s. So it, there was a lot of, of, of uh, variables and factors that made my pipeline take a little bit of extra time. Uh, but mine looked like um, I went to um, officer, tra- officer training school in, uh, in Alabama at Maxwell Air Force Base. And then uh, that was a that was a five week course, and after um, after that, uh, I came back and uh, waited for another school, which was the FNAET school that we we go to with the techs as well. Uh, that was what's that? That was a month, right? Yeah, it's a month. Yeah, that was a month, um, and I did not get to do. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. FTU. FTU, thank you. Uh, I did not get to do FTU at the schoolhouse. What does FTU stand for? Is it is formal it? training unit, something like that? But it, they changed it to AEIQ now, so Air Medical Evacuation Initial Qualification. Yeah, so that's the that's the school that you go to right after uh, FNAT, which is your basically that's your ground training. FNAT is your month-long ground training uh you do some simulations in the you know fake aircraft um and then this is all the right patterson and then you would go right into the ftu 
or AEIQ um, right afterwards, and that's another month. Um, I had to do uh, FTU back here at home station, and uh, apparently they hadn't done that with a nurse in quite some time, and they were doing the changeover, so the flying opportunities were really slim. So sure. it was it was hard it was hard to get that done. It took it took a lot of time. Um, uh, but finally it happened, and then finally I went to uh, uh, Sears School um, out in Washington. Um, that was, uh, what was that, Thir- how long was that, 13? About two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks, 13 days, something like that. Yeah, and then after that, you're you know, you're good to go. Airman News, you want to talk a little bit about your pipeline experience? Yeah, so I started out at uh, Lackland Air Force Base with basic training think that was they've changed it i think it was seven and a half weeks something like that and then you go straight from there right down the road to fort sam houston for your initial medic training i think that was around two to three months something in there and then after that you go to what's called a phase two which is um basically you go to an active duty kind of mtf and you do uh, like clinicals, so that's that, that that's like your hands on with the patients right there doing your skills. That was a month after you graduate. There you get your med patch. Um, then I came back here for phase three, which is just more kind of on the job training. That was um, I think that was about another month or so. And then um, after that, I went straight to uh, the flight school, like Captain Gardo was talking about, um, for two months or so. Uh, I did my AEIQ at Wright-Patterson instead of here. Um, So that was a very, I want to say, it was very difficult because everything in that month we had to accomplish within that month, and it was very fast very fast-paced, um, so they were really honest, the instructors. Um, then after there, let's see, came back here for a little bit and then got orders for SEER last December, actually, so I'm a really, really new flyer. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, after that, I've just been doing some local trainers around here and uh, getting fully qualified. The training timeline can be very lengthy but uh to me it's worth it in the end you get a pretty cool pretty cool job joining me now are senior master sergeant jordan killebrew an aeromedical evacuation technician and major kayla groves a flight nurse thank you and welcome to the podcast thank you for having us yeah thanks it's cool to be here uh major can you talk a little bit about um what keeps you here in AES? I think what really keeps me here is the friendships that I've made. These, these people have become my best friends. I speak to them on a regular basis, and I just like the camaraderie that this unit has to offer. And, you know, I really enjoy being a flight nurse and getting to fly, and I've we've gone all sorts of places all over this country and multiple other countries, and you don't often get that opportunity, especially in a civilian sector, to say you've traveled to multiple countries with your best friends. Uh, yeah, I would echo what the major said. Um, when I came to Aeromed, I didn't know I would pick up a second family, and that's kind of what it is. You know, you get to come to work, but it's with people that you've known for 
10, 15 years now and me for over 20 years, I've known some of these people and it's, it's awesome to still get to see them, know them, know their families and, um, and, and come to work. So, and so major, can you talk a little bit about, um, how AES either enhances or helps your civilian career? So I'm a, a, a critical care nurse, um, in my civilian sector and I get to fly a lot of patients here. So it's kind of like you see some of the same sort of like injuries. So it just makes it, you know, I get to bring both worlds together and still do nursing on both sides. Cause you know, a lot of times when you come to military, you have a different job than your actual severe civilian career field. And I get to bring both those together. Sure. Uh, for me, it's a little bit different. I started off um, as a tech working in ER and then um, later for the VA as a technician in telehealth. And this career field actually motivated me and inspired me to go back to nursing school. So I now work as a critical care nurse in the ICU for the Veterans Affairs. So, I mean, it's been greatly beneficial to be here, be around nurses like the major here. And um, they've kind of led me and inspired me to try and better myself as far as civilian career goes. Can each of you talk about some of your deployment experiences and give our listeners an idea of what that's like? Yeah, absolutely. I just returned from a deployment from Germany. I was there for four months. I got to travel all over Germany and all over that area while I was there. And also, you know, we went to Africa, to Middle East. I got to go to all sorts of different places on this last deployment, you know, and I'm still with all the people that I work with here. So it was just interesting for us to travel and be able to see all that different stuff. And that's been my only deployment. Uh, for me, so I've deployed, I've been here a long time. So I've deployed a couple times and to different locations. And it's, um, the, you know, the benefit is you get to experience different cultures. You get to see different places. Like even within the CONUS United States being deployed at Andrews Air Force Base, Traveling to the West Coast, traveling to Hawaii, traveling up and down the East Coast, getting to, you know, see different spots of even our own country was pretty cool. But um, uh, being, like Major said, being exposed to European culture, being deployed to Germany, you get to go, you know, if you have the downtime, you get to see different things. You get to go to Switzerland, you get to go to France, you know. You're not just referencing pictures in a book. You get to actually go to these places and see these, you know, landscapes and uh, iconic uh, buildings. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so my deployment to uh, Afghanistan in 2018, I got to fly. Actually, uh, Chief Lines was there. And I got to fly an mission back from Afghanistan into Germany and got to kind of see what you guys do in, in real life. Um, can you describe your job, like what you actually do? So um, we get patients from smaller places and bring them to a bigger, larger hospital. That's our goal is to continue your care, move you back, get you back to the United States. So you're caring for patients in the areas if you were caring for them in like a, a regular hospital or just like a baby, you know, a mobile, mobile hospital in the air with two nurses and three techs. Anything to add on that there? Uh, yeah, I think, um, as the text from the tech standpoint, it's slightly different. Still the same mission. Our expertise just happens to lie with equipment and, and aircraft interface. The nurses are just as well versed as we are. Um, but our main focus has to deal with, you know, 
movement of uh, assets as far as organize, organizing how people are going to line up when they're going to come off and go on the plane, um, setting up the plane and stuff like that. So, um, Can you talk a little bit about how um, it doesn't really matter the airframe, really, that you guys can just walk it onto an airplane and turn it into basically a flying hospital? Yeah, if it's in our skill set and if we've been signed off and trained on that specific aircraft, usually we can walk on to just about any aircraft with um, uh, the capabilities that we bring as far as oxygen requirements and electrical requirements or converting electricity to its uh, uh, amperage and uh, frequency that we can use for our hospital equipment. Um, it's pretty cool to be able to do that. And you know, I think it's a valuable asset to the Guard and to the Air Force. So, Ma'am, anything? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to echo that, you know, we can take care of patients anywhere as long as our equipment can plug in, you know. Sure. So we're ready to go wherever, wherever it may be. What would you say to someone who is currently in a medical profession to that would you would try to encourage them to join AES? Or what would, what would you say to someone out there that may be listening to this that is in some medical field to encourage them to join? By all means, this has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. You know, you get to serve your country, and you also are doing what you do in the civilian sector. You get to bring your knowledge bases here, and then you get to, you know, you're being put into leadership roles where a lot of times in your civilian world, if you're not in management, you don't have much leadership. But here, they're constantly pushing you to be a better leader, to help your troops. I just think it's a great place for you to grow, you know, all over in your, you know, nursing career and for yourself. And you, you learn a lot of, about what you can and can't do about your life. You know, when I first got here, I was kind of questioning, am I going to be able to survive this? But, you know, now I'm surviving and thriving and I love it. You think that? Uh, yeah. You know, if you're thinking about joining or you're looking for a challenge, or maybe let's say you don't even have a skill set yet because you're, you're a tech or you're new to healthcare. This would be a great experience for you to get some hands-on training, to get um, you know uh, exposure to different cultures or just maybe different approaches about how we provide healthcare, and you know getting training for free is a valuable asset in itself, and getting trained on you know aircraft and some of this metal medical equipment you might never ever be exposed to unless you were in this given situation. So if you're thinking about it, you should do it. It's definitely worth it. It's been a great 20 plus years for me and it, it could be a, a career for you as well. And that's going to do it for this episode of the drop for more information about the 130th airlift wing, visit us on the web at www.130aw.ang.af.mail. And follow us on all major social media platforms. Additionally, you can find us in the skies delivering freedom with courage. This is Senior Master Sergeant Eugene Grist reminding you to stay ready to go.